0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term Show, I sit down with Cherry Chan. Cherry is an accountant here in Canada. She works with all sorts of clients but also with real estate investors and the reason I'm separating that out is a lot of accountants that we've met over the years are really good at what they do but some don't have like a real estate investment specialty or know some of the ins and outs and that's what we actually get into on this particular episode. I asked Cherry just some of the tax implications of owning property in the U.S., so more and more Canadian investors are taking some equity that they have perhaps earned in a portfolio here in this area. They're buying some property in um, the U.S. either as a lifestyle type property or as a rental income property. And we just discussed some of the tax structures, some of the kind of corporate structures that work best when you're dealing with U.S. properties as a Canadian. So that's what we get into. And then we always, we also dive into her background background. Um, Cherry came to Canada from Hong Kong. We talk about some of the difference between living in Canada and Hong Kong, which I found very interesting. So we get into all of that as well. And if you are listening to this and you want to figure out if the real estate market is the right thing for you to get into, you can get some copies, some copies, you can get yourself a free copy of one of our books at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. You can get a copy of our book called Income for Life. You can get our blueprint book there. You can get a copy of our book called Your Life, Your Terms, which is written by different investors, have written a chapter in that book, all sharing their unique investing story. So if you want to learn from others, you can pick up that book. They're all available to you at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's it with the intro. Let's get on with the show.
1: Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real Estate business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza. Are you ready? Let's go.
0: We are live with the very knowledgeable Cherry Chan. and uh, I said very knowledgeable when we sat down here and you said uh, you didn't really jump on that. I think you're a very knowledgeable person.
2: I don't think so
0: (laughs) i think you are and uh, you underestimate your knowledge because every time i have an accounting question you know exactly the answer and i'm just gonna (laughs) dive in before i dive into that are your kids still taking brazilian jiu-jitsu or no
2: yeah they just resumed it oh they did they are getting their first stripe next week while we are in orlando
0: (laughs) don't talk to me about stripes stripes give me flashbacks to um karate when it felt like it was just like a way to keep people going and i'm not sure i was learning anything are they learning how to take people down are they're learning how to fall you know in a bjj you learn that difference fall. yeah they're learning all this stuff
2: well so sometimes um you know with boys they like to play rough so sometimes my son just wanted to push me over like when i'm stand when i'm standing up like i'm sure every parent out there would have the same scenario the, 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 the guy, the, the little boy wants to just push you over and make fun of you. So he's using his <laughs> double, double leg takedown technique and grab me, like lower his whole body, squat down just to grab my leg. And I'm like, Bruce, stop that. And uh, he kept doing it. How old is he? He's uh, seven. Wow. Yeah, he's a bit. And
0: can he take you down? Probably okay so he hasn't taken you've been able hasn't. to you've been able to stuff his takedowns
2: yes okay yes. G- good
0: work cherry are yeah. you taking Brazilian jiu-jitsu no oh okay i'm scared okay
2: <laughs> i don't know how to defend myself against my son
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. no but uh I, i'm having flashbacks because i think erwin's taking is he still taking it or no no oh he's not he was for a while yeah okay he's yes. no, he's no longer okay so your two kids are yeah. Both kids are.
2: Yes. And then Erwin practice at home with them. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure he does. The basic stuff, right? So then he would search certain uh, type of moves to teach the kids as well.
0: Yeah. 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 I have this vision of Erwin looking up different YouTube videos and finding different moves like from different <laughs> yes. different people yes. and trying them on his own kids. I think kids. it's called
2: a Gracie Academy yeah. or something. Uh, yeah. That's what it's, it is
0: for sure. He's checking yeah. out the Gracie Academy, getting videos and <laughs> yes. testing them out. Yeah. Okay. If you ever tell me that Irwin tries a double leg takedown on you and you stuff Irwin, that will be great. So you can <laughs> tell us that stuff too.
2: I need a lot more dedicated practice on it.
0: You know, I just thought you've started your own business. How long? Cause you, you know, have a, you have a family, young children. Um, how many years has it been since you started your business?
2: Uh, I started 2014, October.
0: 2014. So you're, it's been a ride. Um, for anyone starting their own business, we always tell everybody the first three years is like just such a blur and there's no free cash flows. Uh, maybe, maybe there's some kind of unicorn companies out there, but there's like no free cash flows. The first five years, I'm not trying to speak for you. I don't know your business, but I'm just going on our kind of journey that until about year five, you barely have enough to pull money out of the business if you're really trying to keep growing it.
2: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I remember the first year I told my dad, oh, I'm starting a business and he um, uh, I don't know if I told you this before. He just won a contract. He's 65. He just won a contract with the government in Hong Kong. So he lives in Hong Kong and uh, he has a contracting business there and he just won the contract worth about 11 million Canadian dollars. Um, I don't know how he's going to fund that project that size and I'm just thinking normally I would be like yeah I have some backup like line of credit available and uh, looking at 11 million oh there is nothing available (laughs) like it's beyond me so he has to figure it out himself like
0: I think you did mention what kind of contracting does he do again?
2: Uh, Just renovation and um, building stuff
0: Yeah got it okay Dad, you're on your own. If yeah. you're listening to this, you're on, your <laughs> you're on your own. But how many people, you've grown quite a bit. And so, how many people are now working with you?
2: Um, so, some of them, like.
0: Because all account is it? Yeah. How many accountants do you have working with you?
2: Um, our team is about a size, the size of 20 team members. And during um, summer, sorry, during the tax season, we have a bunch of uh, students that work with us as well, like four or five students additional. Working with us,
0: you've done incredible, incredibly well. Because I just remember talking to you, and I think it was one or two people. And now to hear that many people—that is like just an incredible amount of work. So we can move, we can move on. But you know, way to go, Cherry. Like I understand how much work that it,
2: is. It's very scary every time you look at. Oh, this is my payroll number every month. Even if I shut the door and don't get a penny, I would still have that payroll.
0: And how many families are impacted if you were, you you know, you have to make that payroll. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, let's dive into some, you you know, we chatted briefly. I want to ask you some bookkeeping questions for real estate investors or real estate in general. But um, you brought up the topic of U.S. investing. You're seeing more and more Canadians buy properties in the U.S. It might be just, you might be seeing more and more Canadians buy properties in the U.S. because you're seeing some people grow portfolios here. Mm-hmm. And they're taking some equity out here yeah. and then going and buying some lifestyle properties or rental properties in areas that they think are greener pastures. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was your take on U.S. investing? What do Canadians need to be aware of? So as a Canadian U.S. real estate investor, what do I need to be aware of when it comes to taxes? Like what what needs to be going through my mind?
2: So um, in I mean, a lot of Canadians would go down south and they would meet uh, different professionals. And if they are professional um, tax professionals specializing in just U.S. tax or uh, lawyers who specialize in setting up uh, corporations for the U.S. citizens, they're very different structure for someone who came from Canada and do not want to move outside of Canada. They would remain as a Canadian resident. So for someone who advise you in the U.S. capacity without looking at the Canadian cross-border tax implication, it could trigger double taxes. So double taxes, you get taxed ones in the US, and then any residual money coming back to Canada, you get taxed again in Canada. So you don't wanna do that because both, tax, both countries have high tax rate.
0: Okay, and so you obviously have seen people do that, set up mm-hmm. with US professionals as if they were Americans investing in the US. Mm-hmm. And and it's um, the structure is different. What do you know the structure like I've, I've met so few people who know the structure of how that would work for Canadians. Are you aware of that structure? yeah okay so
2: typically, um, if you are Canadian and you want to remain as Canadian resident, assuming that you're not going to move to the US because some people want to move to the sure. US. So if you are a Canadian resident and what you want to do is that you want to avoid anything with double L. <laughs> so okay. you, don't want L, you don't want anything to do with LLC LLP. So none of that. So you want something with single L. LP structure is the best. Um, How it works is that essentially uh, you set up a limited partnership. Limited partnership is kind of like a flow-through structure. Um, It allows you to uh, shelter the majority of the risk into a corporation that would absorb the unlimited liability. And that corporation, because it's a corporation, it will absorb all the uh, liability. And it will be, even though it will be owned by you personally, um, it would still absorb all the liability. And then you want um, whether you or your corporation to be the limited partner. And so that means your passive investment partner into the limited partnership. So
0: you're a Canadian corporation.
2: Yes. You're actually better... Uh, of investing in your personal name as the limited partner, the tax integration works a lot better. So you- Why is that? Uh, when you have a US, sorry, when you have a Canadian corporation investing in the US as the limited partner, there is something called branch tax, US branch tax, which is 5%. So when you do a 5% branch tax in the US, then you, you that is not being integrated into our system. You don't get necessarily get any credit on the U.S. Uh, on the Canadian side, so you pay it out of pocket, and there is no tax benefit on this side. So then you just naturally pay more tax.
0: Okay, and then if I'm investing as a Canadian in the U.S., what can I expect my tax rates to be on any income I'm generating from properties in the U.S.?
2: So it really goes back to obviously how much your rental income is. Um, I think investing in the U.S. is no different than investing in Canada in a way that typically real estate, if you borrow money to invest, there is very little left from the day to day. So you may be looking into breaking even after paying all your debt and everything. So on the rental income side, you typically don't pay anything. Um, even if you have net income left, um, the state's tax return require you to take depreciation regardless. So there is really no US side tax that you would be
0: okay, paying. Got it. Depreciation now, is forced in the US?
2: Yes, it is required on an annual basis. Oh, okay. um, and then on the, uh, on the Canadian side, you just report it based on, really based on your uh, personal income tax rate. If you invest using your personal name, corporation is based on the corporation.
0: Name. So you can flow that income right through to canada yeah you're saying most of the stuff you're seeing people are doing a break even even if they have positive net income somewhere the depreciation is going to account for that in the u.s mm-hmm. the income is then reported here in canada mm-hmm. and then just taxed as any other income here in canada
2: if like any other rental
0: in any in other canada. rental yeah income. so
2: you can still claim capital cost allowance in canada just the same yeah, way got that it. you would normally Okay. Do.
0: Okay. And then, so where are you seeing people mess up? Because I think you brought up the, did you bring up the number of 60%? Yes. What, yeah. What was that yes. number?
2: So it's that 60% is assuming that you are at the highest marginal tax rate. Um, actually, sometimes 66% is what we've seen. And people would set, set up a U.S. corporation owning multiple properties.
0: An so LP or one of the bad ones, like you said? with Just the, double. the corporation. Oh, okay.
2: It would be something called a C-Corp. Okay. So um, some of the, we actually went on a call with a client's tax lawyer, not tax lawyer, just a lawyer in the States, in Detroit. So he suggested our client to set up a U.S. corporation. Um, and typically, if you set up a U.S. corporation, the U.S. corporation would own all these properties directly. So your Canadian side only owns shares, whether you own the shares... Uh, Your U.S. corp shares in your personal name or you you own your um, Canadian corporation, through your Canadian corporation, you have a subsidiary in the U.S. Um, Just because of how tax works, um, the amount of money that you would draw out from your U.S. corp is being taxed additionally. And there is no integration in Canada. There is integration, but here, there like when there is dividend issue from a foreign corporation and it's being reported in your uh, Canadian side, or it's being reported in your personal tax return, there is no integration. There is additional tax withholding. So then, that is the imperfect uh, situation.
0: Got it. But if if they had used an LP, yes, then, then it, it flows through.
2: Yeah, it flows through.
0: Got it. Mm-hmm. And an LP. What? So why? Why do why are Americans using the C corp? So, like, what is the technical difference between a C corp and an LP?
2: So, uh, C corp is really a corporation. Okay. Um, they also have S corp, but C corp is really just like like what we would
0: understand and, a corporation here yes, in Canada. Okay.
2: I, LP is really just kind of like our limited partnership.
0: Okay, but it still gives you that liability protection.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, got it. And then when you're doing these, because. Most accountants don't talk this way, so this is great that you are. Are you dealing with Canadian lawyers that know this stuff as well? Because I feel like anyone going through this is going to need to know. No. Uh,
2: So it depends. Sometimes we work with um, really just our clients, US uh, partners. So they already kind of when they venture out to invest, um, they must have attended some sort of courses. So they would bring their U.S. Uh, professionals in and set up a meeting with us. And we have the conversation and make sure that the structure is correct okay. from a Canadian perspective. And then
0: you're teaching these American people. Sometimes. Yeah, what, what we need as Canadians. Okay. Yeah. So if I go down to Florida and I buy, buy a property that I might use um, as a lifestyle property for my family, mm-hmm. but I might rent out. Mm-hmm um you're saying i should buy that in an lp
2: uslp a
0: uslp yes and i guess
2: and you own it personally because you're using it as a lifestyle property now it goes back to how like so i would own
0: that one personally
2: oh sorry you are your personal name as um you purse pers- you will personally be the limited partner
0: Okay. okay but here in Canada, I don't really own my many things personally anymore. Mm. How would, who would, who would own the LP income that's flowing up from the US?
2: So that would be you personally. I would that, have that one
0: personally because I'm, because it's a property I might be using personally. Yes, that's okay. the reason. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I was just doing it as a hundred percent rental. Yes. Then is. I could use one of my corpse here. Yeah, Exactly. Okay, But if I'm only going to do it as a rental sometimes, but I'm going to use it personally, exactly. I'm going to be owning that personally here.
2: Similar to a cottage. If you yeah. own a cottage up north, um, uh, then that's the case too. That's what otherwise you would have to pay tax sorry you would have to pay rent to use the property
0: yeah got it
2: because there's shareholder benefit and then it gets messy
0: yeah then it gets messy because Mm -hmm. now I'm getting a benefit if I'm a if I have an asset that's owned by my corp but you're using it personally Mm -hmm. that's a benefit under the Canadian tax law I don't know if I'm explaining this properly but that's like a a benefit I forget the form that's filled out Mm -hmm. but it's this awful form that gets filled out and I have to report that benefit as personal income yes correct yeah so you're saying vacation properties here and in the the US always better just to do it personally because yeah. you don't have that beneficial or that. Ben- What's the wording? I used to get something like that. I think I think they paid for my cell phone or something.
2: Standby charge or something or okay. A benefit. Okay. In the yeah. corporate world, I
0: had some things paid for and I remember yep. I get that awful yep. thing. Um, okay. So it's the same thing in the US.
2: Now, I'm not saying that you own that property personally. You have two options. One is to directly buy in your personal name, which then you just report it as... Um, uh in the u.s you report your non-resident return still tell the government this is what you have um earned and then subtract all your expenses um in the in canada side you do the same thing you remove the personal portion same thing um option number two is through still through the lp structure that i mentioned earlier it's just that in that lp structure would provide you with legal liability protection because the gp inc um which will become the when i say gp inc it's a Corporation incorporated, and it who acts with as the general partner, which will absorb all the risk of um, all the risk of uh, the limited partnership.
0: So well, that's a stru- so. Which structure do I have here in Canada to do that? Then, uh, sorry, I've, uh, you lost me on that last part.
2: Uh, so you. So I have an
0: LP in the U.S. Yes. But then up here, it's my personal name. Yes. But what else?
2: So you are being the limited partner. So you buy the... Limited oh, got partner, it. Yeah, I'm like, the it. limited partner yes. of the
0: US LP. Yes, exactly. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay.
2: It gets complicated. Okay.
0: Could I do something... If I'm doing that here in Canada, could I still use like some sort of trust agreement somewhere to say the beneficial owner of this property is not me personally and direct no i guess that's used differently that's more a legal thing Mm -hmm. that's not a tax thing Mm -hmm. a beneficial owner is more a legal thing where i'm saying hey maybe i'm going to be declaring the tax in this corp or in this personal name but you know the beneficial owner is actually this person over here Mm -hmm. for legal purposes and for my estate i'm complicating it so no we don't even have to go there (laughs) um okay Okay, so the key to all of this is, is generally, if, if possible, to be using an LP in the US, and you're seeing some people not use an LP, and that's when they're getting taxed directly in the US.
2: Yes, yes. They're using, well, there, there could be reasons to use the, um, a different structure, but what we just discussed is generally for people who are buying real estate, whether you're doing flips, Airbnb, they're still real estate, that's the recommended structure. Got it. Generally. Now, if you are doing business, or you are doing Amazon business, or if you are doing some other things, that's completely separate story, and it, it may be worthwhile to actually set up a U.S. Uh, C-Corp. But for investor, that's a different story. The reason is because the Canadian side has something called a FAPI, I think it's called foreign asset property income something that we have to report. Essentially, if you own in Turks and Caicos, you have a Turks and Caicos corporation owning a Turks Caicos and Caicos house. Um, There is no income being reported and transferred back to Canada. You're still required to report the income and Mm -hmm. expenses from that, through that corporation. And that's the reason why, that's the reason why, um, uh, it gets complicated.
0: Okay, I can I can tell it gets complicated, but I appreciate this. So, um, if if you are declaring income, if you have positive net income in the U.S., mm. are you aware of what tax rate you are going to be paying? Let's say you just have this awesome property, and you really do have positive net income, do you know the tax rates or is it a different structure? You know how we have just the different marginal kind of rates yeah, here? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it different there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we also, um, depending on whether you are investing in your personal name or in the corporation's name as well, it it's it's different. Um, for personal, um, it's also uh, based on your marginal tax rate. Um, the withholding tax would be based on the marginal tax rate, but for the corporation side, it's slightly different.
0: Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Um, and then what are you seeing some Canadians do in general? Airbnbs in Florida, maybe. Like, what what kind of stuff are you seeing?
2: So we have a long time client who missed filings multiple years. We chase him. He okay. every time he comes, I thought you were back. about
0: to share a positive story with me. Hey, listen, we have this one client. He hasn't filed anything in years. Okay.
2: <laughs> so he just show up, and we just had this conversation literally earlier today. Okay. And he said, "Oh, I just saw a property in Detroit. I flip, and he lost money." 20,000. He lost oh, money in the flip. Um, Did he
0: think he had made money, but just hadn't looked at his numbers closely enough?
1: No. No. Okay.
0: Because I meet a lot of people like that who think they've made money. Then they break everything down. They're like, we actually lost money. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So, so so he lost he lost money.
2: Detroit. And then we have another client who is also, I think, a Rockstar member as well. Okay. And he just did not tell us that he had this corporation set up and purchased properties in, in also Detroit and making money. Really? Yeah.
0: What's he doing in Detroit? Just like rental, standard rental, rental properties? Yeah,
2: yeah straight wow. up rental property. And then we have um, some clients that are in the process of setting up uh, a structure to purchase in Florida. And I just came back from Orlando, like I mentioned to you earlier. Yeah. And I visited. I made a day to visit fellow real estate investors that I knew that just moved. Oh, through. I
0: thought you were going to say I made a day to visit the Harry Potter exhibit at Universal. <laughs> that too, that yeah. too. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I did be a couple of days okay. just to visit the theme park, but I did visit a few real estate investors' friends and they are telling me that they made money already.
0: And they were just doing straight rentals?
2: Um, No, just pure capital appreciation.
0: Oh, got it. Mm. Okay. Oh, good yeah. for them! So they just bought properties; they've gone up in value. I mean, Florida is, is like everybody's yeah. kind of rushing into Florida. Yeah, um,
2: because New York, is, uh, New Yorkers are going to Florida. California people are going to Florida. Yeah, all my
0: friends from California, except for one, have now left California. Okay. Every yeah, all my ex software friends, any connections I had there, all except for one, mm-hmm. have left. Uh, this was the San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. They're all gone. Yeah, um, they've left.
2: That's why it pushed up the Florida.
0: Yeah, Texas, Florida specifically, it mm-hmm. seems like they're all going there. So Americans are kind of flooding these areas. Canadians are piling into these areas. Mm-hmm. We're kind of circling the waters. We've always been focused on here or Europe, and now we're like, hey, maybe one extra property in somewhere like Florida might make sense. Yeah,
2: it's two you and know, a half hour flight. It's a
0: two and a half hour flight. You're yeah. right. It's nice. And we kind of looked around the different areas. We looked around uh, Miami a little bit, Fort Lauderdale a little bit. We really liked the West Palm area. Mm. Um,
2: I was just there.
0: You were just in West Palm? Yeah. Were so you at Charles Waugh's property? <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. I okay.
2: just visited a friend who is in this gated uh, community. Okay. And they bought this property for point. 4 million US. Almost oh, must be it, a beautiful property. It's a 7000 square foot mansion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it is um it is is two now worth 2.7 I was told. Oh my god. They gosh. just bought it last These year. These
0: are what the people you're doing with are buying? Oh, uh, no, no.
2: Okay. <laughs> no Very no, nice no, no, Jerry. No, no, no. no yeah. that's like probably like the highest and uh property I've ever been on oh. my jar just dropped. Like <laughs> I'm like this is country country club lifestyle they feed you they give you like there's lots of tennis courts and what do
0: you mean they feed you there's like a little community center in the middle where you can go eat with a pool that kind of thing
2: yeah well you have to pay but then there's like card rooms uh playing playing card really a room that's for you to play cards and there are five restaurants there
0: really yeah oh no we're looking more like i'm kind of i kind of trying to find something in florida that's a little bit European, as crazy as this sound, it's why I like the downtown West Palm area. It's a tiny little place, only a few blocks, mm. but I just want somewhere where I can kind of walk to an espresso yeah, place, that's awesome. if there's a CrossFit gym, if there's a yoga studio, you know, I, I'm kind of looking for that. I just, uh, there's part of me that just loves Europe so much where you just don't need a car, you just walk to everywhere. Yeah. There's restaurants and food and a little bit of fun happening. And I'm trying to kind of secretly recreate that in Florida a little bit. So that's why I was kind of focused on the Miami. Because I've, I've been to Naples and a lot of um, some really good friends have places in Naples. But you have to get in a car and like kind of drive blocks mm-hmm. to go anywhere. And outside of a lot of these communities in Florida, even some of these gated communities, Like to get out to just a Starbucks, to walk out of the gated community is like half an hour, it seems like. And then to walk to the Starbucks is like an hour and a half because these blocks are so big. And that's not me. Mm. Like I can't be in one of those communities. I don't golf. Like they're beautiful. Anyone who owns there is going to be laughing at me and I'm all for it. If that's your thing, like they're beautiful. I I love those places like to to visit. And if someone has one, I'll go to your 7,000 square (laughs) foot friends place and have food where people feed me. But what I'm looking for is more... This a little bit of a different lifestyle. Maybe we're just weird, but that's Mm -hmm. what I'm kind of looking for. And it's what attracted me to West Palm, the downtown area of West Palm. We haven't bought anything. We're just looking.
2: Okay. So uh, we don't have to buy anything. We could just use your place.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's two and a half hours Though we might be using it a lot. You never know. (laughs) I have this whole theory where I'm trying to build a triangle where I can be somewhere in uh, Canada, Mm -hmm. somewhere in Croatia or Mm -hmm. somewhere in Florida. And then no one really knows where I am at any (laughs) given time. I'm just somewhere close to this triangle vicinity um so we'll see i'll keep you posted
2: well after the tour um she told me to see her property as well and it's uh, an investment property 25 unit uh it's located in this town called stewart okay which is 25 minutes directly south of west palm uh where she was so um it was facing the water. It's beautiful. It also has this old Florida type of vibe. Yeah,
0: I know the type exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: you can still walk everywhere, and that neighborhood's nice. It's
0: too. a twenty-five unit. Is it is what? it like walk-up towns or something? Like no, no, walk it's up
2: like a uh, a three-story building.
0: A three-story building mm-hmm. with twenty-five units. Mm-hmm. All and this is a, just a, a a rental property for her.
2: Uh, yeah, they are develop redeveloping it, re renovating it, and and then make it a twenty-unit.
0: Oh, cool. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, and then you have other clients doing this kind of thing, Cherry?
2: Oh, she's not my client, but just a just friend. Just someone you know. Um, yeah. But then oh. I do have another client that's looking into doing, uh, maybe not in this scale, like really building a place. So we have a client who's currently in Cape Coral. Where's that? Uh, it's Fort Myers.
0: Oh, okay. Got it. So it's yeah, just yeah. really on the yeah. east end. Yep.
2: So I saw her as well. Um, she's looking at lots in Cape Coral. And, um, apparently there are 3000 lots that are backing onto these canal man-made canal. So still backing onto the water, but it's man-made yep. and, um, and there are 3000 lots and some people are building there mm-hmm. building, like buying these lots and just building
0: homes. It's funny what's happening in Florida. I, I, there's a few, um, Canadians that I know one of my daughter's, uh, friends, they just in the middle of COVID or at the end of one of the school years, I don't know if it was two years ago or last year, I can't remember. They just, they moved to Florida. That's what,
2: little, did, that's, yeah, that's what they in did. Yeah, that's what these people are. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's just more Canadians leaving Canada. This is For weird. Harder. It's it's kind of like Canada's this entryway into North America. Like a lot of people come into North America, land in the Toronto area, do some things here, then look around, and then do some extra things somewhere else. I feel like that's happening a lot right now.
2: Yes, that which relative.
0: I mean, maybe a lot. I, I shouldn't say a lot. I guess we're just hearing some stories. Whereas before, I heard none. You know, so now I'm hearing some stories, so it might feel like a lot or sound like a lot. So
2: the funny thing is, it's like, I mean, we service a lot of clients. So it just, it just keeps popping up. Oh, I'm leaving. Oh, I'm moving to Florida. And then there's like a huge tax bill. Oh, I'm moving to Costa Rica. We have a client that moved to Costa Rica and he wasn't expecting to pay any tax. He's like, I don't have any money. Like, I don't understand why we have to
0: Pay tax in Canada?
2: Yeah, to leave.
0: And why? Oh, so he was leaving his, uh, Canada and oh, I don't know under the tax code what, what the name of that is, but you pay, what do you have to departure add up? Departure tax. Departure tax. Mm-hmm. What is the departure tax? Is that where you add up all the assets under your name and the government's like, okay, give us this much money? <laughs>
2: Pretty much. But it's not quite, um, he doesn't actually need to pay anything as long as he put up some some sort of security with the government. So then then government has security, they don't have to pay.
0: Okay, so let's say I wanted to leave Canada. Mm -hmm. Then what would Canada look? They would look at my businesses, like they would look at my corpse and they would look at anything I own personally. Yes. And is there a standard tax rate that's applied against that?
2: Your marginal tax rate. So it's
0: my marginal tax rate
2: Mm.
0: applied against everything that I own. And you would need a business evaluator to evaluate any businesses. And then you would get real estate appraisals on any real estate. You would add it all up. Mm -hmm. And then in that one year, you'll pay tax against everything.
2: Kind of like when you die.
0: Okay, so like, yeah, so like when you die. So then you pay that tax and then you are no longer tied to Canada for tax purposes?
2: Only for Canadian source income.
0: Oh, okay, so any other income, so if you have some rental property still, here yes then you're going to pay just on that income mm-hmm. but if i pay this departure tax yeah i'm done with canada i earn income somewhere else yeah. i don't have to report it back to the canadian yeah. government
2: but then if you still have like business income you would still need to report taxes on your canadian corp per se because you still own your canadian corp okay but yeah. it's just now become non-resident canadian corp instead of uh,
0: yeah okay yeah. I get it oh my gosh and then if I didn't want to pay that I could put up some security yes what, like what, what how does that work?
2: Um, maybe not with your business but okay. for with your, um, real, your estate? real estate if you don't want to pay the departure tax you can put up some sort of security and the government would have the right to your to your security if you sell the property and um, they can go after you for that amount of tax
0: So what would be an example of some sort of security?
2: Uh, your primary residence? Your, uh, real estate, essentially. Any
0: real estate, because I was saying if I'm yeah. leaving, I'm going to okay. sell my primary residence. But if I have other rental properties, I can put up those yeah, properties that, as a form of security. Mm-hmm. That How has do you...
2: to be accepted by the government.
0: Okay, and and by putting these up as a form of security with the government, I'm literally giving the government the legal authority to take these properties from me? Should I not pay a departure tax in the future? Like, what is the security accomplishing?
2: So, so you are required, like, let's say you owe the government a hundred thousand okay. dollars, supposedly, and you put up this, you don't have a hundred because you yep. are not selling yep. the property, Correct. right? So yes. you don't have a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to pay. So then you put one of the properties up and say, Hey, like take this, not take okay, this. Okay. So it's
0: like a lien or a mortgage a or some, yes. a, something against that mm-hmm. property. When I do sell it, I'll pay you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can't believe we pay the Canadian government to leave. We make all this money here and we pay tax on it. Then when we spend our money, we pay tax on it. If I invest it, I pay capital gains. And if I leave, I'm taxed on it. Cherry, mm. you're going to be in business for a long time. This is, this is like, holy smokes. When you just think of it that way, I make money, I'm taxed on it. I spend money, I'm taxed. I invest to try to beat inflation. I know the capital, there are some benefits in capital gains, but you still it, get it, taxed. I'm going to be taxed. And I'm then, taxed when I make, I'm taxed when I spend, I'm taxed when I invest, I'm taxed when I leave and I'm taxed when I die.
2: Yes. <laughs> so there is, um, there's a saying in Chinese, it's called, um, the, Canada is like, it tax everything, everything, 10,000 different ways to tax you.
0: This is what you say, that like your family would say in Hong Kong about Canada.
2: Well, there's a short a slang that's called uh, that's funny. It's it's actually a but slang. it's
0: about Canada. It's not about life in general.
2: No, it's just about the Canadian the, tax system. Well, kind of. Uh, I I guess you can use the term for the U.S. as well because okay. in the U.S. you get tax on everything. Holy well. smokes! Mm, U.S. is worse.
0: Is Hong Kong better? Way better. So really? the
2: personal tax rate. Like, I, I'm not a Hong Kong CPA, so I actually don't know it well enough. But um, your uh, Hong Kong tax rate, uh, personal side, is um, 15% flat. One five. 15% flat. You know how, like, we are escalating. Yeah. So it's a progressive no. tax system. Yeah. That's very clear to me.
0: 15% flat. That sounds amazing. <laughs>
2: and then there is no capital gain tax. Come on. Yeah.
0: But is that mainland China as well?
2: Uh, no, I don't know anything okay. related to me Okay. Hmm. Is
0: is Hong Kong... Is, do you think the tax system's gonna change as 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 China kinda changes Hong Kong more and more? Or is this something that you feel people in Hong Kong are fa- fairly secure that that's not changing?
2: I think that's not... They're not going there yet,
0: for hmm. sure.
2: Because they have bigger thing to worry about. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. But do some family... Or do you... From what you see of people in Hong Kong, I'm generalizing here now, some family, friends, are they looking to get some money out of Hong Kong because of what China might be doing in the future? Or no, not a big concern.
2: Well, um, we got lots of friends who left Hong Kong already Mm -hmm. in the last year.
0: And is that for just a better way of life or is it for a better way of life and trying to get some capital out of that system?
2: I think they're generally scared. Mm -hmm. You you already knew kind of the background, right? Like they changed... uh, extraditional and they change it to the point that it is yeah, retroactive right. I forgot about that. yeah yeah so then people are scared right like you don't know when the government are going is the chinese government is going to flip and flip a switch and come go after you so essentially you need to keep your mouth shut the whole time
0: when you're living now i didn't know we we're going to talk about this i apologize when your family's in hong kong are they aware that they have to keep their mouth shut and that, that kind of sucks or is it just nope that's the way of life there
2: I mean, my family's culture is always like whatever the law is, we'll just follow it. Yeah, like they don't complain. There's no complaint. Mm-hmm. That's always my mom. Just live with it and take matters like take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, be
0: happy with what's exactly. going on.
2: So, but then my my dad is pretty pro China. Mm-hmm. So whatever China's uh, Chinese government came out, like he would just support it. Um,
0: and the context of his support for China would be that they have a good system and it's in the best interest of all of us to go along with that system? So
2: I think, um, I mean, right now I'm a little bit more mature. I've seen the Canadian system. I've seen the yeah, U.S. system. Yeah. A little bit of knowledge of the U.S. I wouldn't say I'm expert sure. or Canadian as well, because I generally stay out of reading the day-to-day news. Um, and I also I've also seen how China had developed over the last... 10 15 20 years um i feel like there is no one size fits all solution like the chinese way yes in the westerners eyes in the western world yeah like you're taking away all these things it's always big brother watching you and all these things it sucks but they get things done like uh, you will see a high speed train being done in like a couple of years here it may take 10 years And it's not moving anywhere. Maybe over budget. Yeah. So like there is no one size fits Mm -hmm. all solution. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people that are still fleeting, fleeting China to come to the Western world, thinking that the Western world would be better. But then when you're here, everything is so slow. Mm -hmm. So slow. Like as an example, uh, maybe not comparing China to Canada, comparing like my Disney, Experience. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, you know Disney has a lot of people theme park, so they are always proactively organizing the crowd, making sure that they are lining up and making sure all the ropes are tied. yeah Cleaning according- the garbages, yeah.
0: everything's organized.
2: Yeah. So we were always being directed if the the line is too long, being redirected and create a new new extended line per se. They're always proactive about it. When I get to um, When I get back to Canada custom, they have one line, (laughs) one line for everybody.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And then actually, if you're a Canadian resident, all you need to do, Canadian citizen, all you need is a passport and scan in that gate, scan the passport. And I think with your fingerprint or maybe no fingerprint, I don't remember. That's all you need to do, right? you could just let the Canadian to line up directly there. Instead, we have a big, huge lineup, walk 10,000 miles before we Yeah, so we we're get just
0: to... not efficient.
2: Yeah, like, but there is no perfect way. Like, there is lots of things that I admire in Canada. Like what? Um, uh, freedom, like mm. respect. Uh, a lot of, I've never feel, wanted to say I've never really feel being discriminated as a minority. Hmm. Very rarely. I've been here over 20 years. Mm, that's good. Yeah. But then in the States, like, I'm like totally visual minority. I may be the 5%. The whole whole Disney park.
0: Mm, I never really thought about that.
2: Yeah. And then and then in the States. Especially
0: in a city like Toronto. We're very multicultural. Yeah. And so you kind of, I feel like at this point, almost anyone from anywhere just kind of fits right in.
2: Yeah. But not necessarily. You didn't feel that in the States. Well, I don't. In I, I didn't. I didn't feel anything in Disney, but I yeah. would. I totally was the Tolkien Asian really? group. Yes. Really? hundred yes, um, percent.
0: I feel like when I go to Disney, there's a lot of different Asian groups touring through Disney.
2: Maybe because China right now is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. China I noticed.
0: Tra- actually, that is an amazing point because I meant traveling through Europe this year there was i felt like there were way less tour groups from china mm. and it was commented on how that was noticed and making a difference yeah. just on the amount of tourists going through different uh, places yeah yeah so good point that's probably happening
2: yeah and and,
0: and no- anyone traveling from china i don't know if it was hong kong or where when they were flying back they were in full white suits this is this summer 2022 yeah. full white suits and taking extra tests in the airport yeah. where everyone else was walking around with no masks Um, Unless you were going on a Canadian flight, everybody had to put their mask back on. But I was in Paris, and there's no masks, and there's nothing happening. Yeah. um, And on on the customs note, I have to tell you how how crazy Canada got in the COVID era. We landed back last summer, summer of 2021. um, And it was on our first trip, I think, last summer. We got into the customs hall pretty empty because it was early in the summer. Still, not a lot of people were traveling. And there was a freaking sign that said, vaccinated that way, unvaccinated that way. And I just, my my jaw dropped because I kind of expected to start seeing stuff like that because I thought we're crazy enough in this country to do something so stupid like that. And when I saw that sign, I took a picture of it, I think for Nick to just show him because we were arguing a little bit before saying Canada is going to go in this direction. We're going to start segregating people on this freaking thing. And, uh, you know, that was just like to me really upsetting to see a country that I, thought would never have such silly things happen to see that happen. So I'm a little bit, I don't know if it's fearful. I don't know if it's quite fearful. I'm not really that scared, but I'm a little bit, um, I'm, I'm not completely optimistic in where some of North America and the West is headed. Yeah. It feels like the pendulum's going in this weird way. And, uh, but maybe it's just because I'm so used to being very, feeling very free. And very independent that to see a little bit of these weird controls come in to me is somewhat disturbing I think it's disturbing because I saw um, I didn't like what I saw in the 80s in Yugoslavia which was you know communist country There and when the Croatians and the whole war that went out from there and traveling in there And seeing you know people there in the 80s when I would go there if you would uh, Well I'll, I'll just say it I remember singing a national Croatian national song in my cousin's car And when we got out of the car, he said, hey, everybody's got to stop singing uh, that song. And when I asked why, I was was young, he said, well, we don't know who's going to report us because someone else might hear that song and report us to the government and we can get in trouble. And trouble to me meant going to jail. Mm. So, you know, in my back of my mind, I always kind of like, this is crazy. Like you go to jail for singing a song. And I guess when I extrapolate some of the things I see in Canada, and I know that's a big extrapolation. I'm not trying to say that's around the corner, but I just mean we're going through an era where you say the wrong thing. You're labeled a certain way. You're anti-government. If you don't agree with the government, I'm like, what's, what is going on here? So anyway, Cherry, we're way off the topic. I apologize. Well,
2: like from, I mean, I'm, still root it's still from hong kong like from that angle i could see how like at least for me i would just take that vaccinated unvaccinated mm-hmm. as normal
0: yeah yeah i, I don't, and know, I get I don't that. know if that makes no sense no i get that hong yeah. kong had they would gone do that. through sars yeah
2: and that that's a precaution that people yeah. would have and to me it's just oh that's just part of life, then that's what we have to do to get to normal.
0: And I can see how you would think that. Yeah. And I could put myself in your shoes and and see that. And I guess I just see it as like, Oh, are we on a path to somewhere I don't want to go? And it makes me a little bit, a little bit valid, you know,
2: very valid but, too. And I,
0: yeah. And then I think back to if I flip this back to the tax code, I just look at the tax code in this country. Seems like it's getting bigger and bigger and yeah. more complicated. And then I look at places like Croatia right now as an example. I went to the gym because Nick dragged me to the gym in Croatia because you know he has to always go mm-hmm. to the gym. And my son was there. He's twenty this year. He wants to go to the gym. I'm like, fine, I'll go to the gym while we're on vacation. And we he, <laughs> Nick finds a gym ten minutes away that's really nice actually. Yep. And I'm like, I've never been to here before. I want to get a member, you know, membership. They give me a blank piece of paper. Say, write your name here. I wrote my name on it. They punched it into a computer, gave me a nice little card that opens the electronic thing. I didn't sign a disc- disclaimer that, you know, if I hurt myself, I'm not going to sue them. I just thought, oh, what a nice place. Like, it's- <laughs> and there, if you do something stupid, it's on you. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, if you dropped a weight on your foot, we don't need you to sign a piece of paper saying you're not going to sue us. You can't sue us. You're stupid.
1: You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like that like is a certain freedom yeah. and lack of, like a lack of regulations to me kind of makes everybody independent and you have to think for yourself and you just have to be smart whereas here I feel like we're as I see more and more regulation and more growth of the tax code yeah. it's like we're getting to this point where they're we're gonna just have a society that doesn't think for themselves scared to act and uh anyway um yeah I'm, I'm but then
2: I also look at Like, I mean, maybe I got it from my mom, but I've also heard people saying that, oh, they left Canada because of the attacks and they left to Panama. And then I've heard story about this guy who left for Panama, but then during the COVID situation, they had no food available at all. Mm. So we don't we never had that situation yeah. here, right? The grass is so always greener.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know anyone who's come to Canada and went back to Hong Kong? Oh, lots. Really? Lots. They just can't integrate into the society here?
2: No, they're not. it's just they are making a lot. Like at least my peers, they are making a lot more money over there.
0: Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, they are and, and keeping like,
2: more as well.
0: Tax rates lower, yeah. they're making more mm. go back for And then it.
2: there's still perceived advantage because when you speak uh, fluent English as well as you get a university degree from outside of the country it's perceived as better educated Got I it. don't know better education
0: okay is that a trend that's increasing do you think or is it just uh, it's just back and forth you're seeing people come from Hong Kong and some people go back
2: yeah it's okay. just a mixed thing so when I first graduated here, long time ago. And um, we all graduated from Waterloo. and uh, A bunch of us, all of us would go through the same program because we are accountant. We have to stay in the accounting firm for God, certain number of years. God, I don't even know how years. you did that, geez. In then, Waterloo,
0: oh, my God. it was like impossible. Sorry, go on. Good for you.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't as hard as it is today. Anyway, so at least to get in. Um, once you get in, you just kind of
0: yeah pretend that you know S- still hard
2: yeah so then when you graduated um you went through the program and then you get the when you and you graduated you went through the program you get your training and then people as soon as they get their license they take off to wherever
0: yeah got it mm-hmm. Okay. A, a
2: bunch of my friends went to hong kong one of my current partner in my business um she went back to hong kong uh, her parents I and Hon- were are still in Hong Kong and they're just they just recently moved back because of um, because of whatever happened in Hong Kong and they wanted to get out of that situation so then I asked her to join me and she joined me in my business 10 years later we worked together 10, 10 15 years ago as co-op students and then now 10 15 years later we're still working together
0: and the the people that are going back to Hong Kong and, you know, they're doing, making more money. Are you comparing that? Is that a, a corporate job that they're stepping back into in Hong Kong or starting their own business in Hong Kong as well?
2: Uh, all my peers, they work for either a corporate job or one that is um, currently in the process of moving back. She worked for CPP. No way. The headquarters, the, the a- e- Asia Pacific headquarter is in Hong Kong.
0: Wow, it seems like a different world to me. Yep. Um,
2: CPP invests in like Australia, like the whole Asia part too, got so, it. She
0: so she's part of their finance division that's putting yeah. money in different parts of the world. Yeah.
2: She once told me that she took a helicopter uh, ride in Australia and really see which building they CPP invest in. So our Canadian money is investing in. It's really
0: cool. Wow. Holy smokes. Okay, Uh, Nick, we started out with U.S. investing in tax rates and corporate structures and some people investing in Detroit and Florida. And we talked about Florida properties. And uh, Nick's, uh, Nick's joining us right now. And then we started talking about China and Hong Kong and tax rates and Canada and the customs line remember because we were arguing saying i was telling you that they're going to divide the custom line to vaccinated and unvaccinated yeah and I think you were saying they weren't going to
1: well it and all seems so outrageous and i'm like that and is then they,
0: I landed and they did have that sign they got rid of it like two weeks later my probably. track
1: record for for what the government was going to do during COVID, that whole period, I, I think I was officially like zero. I got zero <laughs> things right because everything I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. And they did it all, so <laughs> I got I got zero right. But, so not, I was not a good good track record but, for that at but all. But Cherry
0: was bringing up interesting points just because like when you grow up in Hong Kong with the amount of kind of structure that's in place, it can all of that structure can come off as very normal. Mm-hmm. And it helps speed up development of things. You know, you were bringing up the example of building uh, high-speed trains and stuff like that. Like, shit happens in China just because of a lot of the structure. So if you grow up there, it's not really as, quote-unquote, bad as a Westerner might think looking back there. Um, So it's just interesting, you know, because I think growing up here, you're just kind of trained to think. Not trained, but it is kind of unconsciously there that, like, oh, it's pretty bad there. It must be, like, pretty awful.
2: So, um, but at a 15%,
0: uh, a 15% flat tax rate in Hong Kong, <laughs> things proper. look really fantastic to me.
2: <laughs> so recently I uh, read the book, Ray Dalio's book. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name now.
0: Yeah, I know the book you're talking the World
2: about. World Order, Changing Order. And it puts things into a little bit of perspective for me as well. Like, I mean, I, I'm here too. I'm also being influenced by North American News Channel. Mm-hmm. And um, it he talked about how like china historically hasn't invaded anybody they're not going around to invade people mm-hmm. it's often historically it's often the western are going in to invade them now, they are minding mining their own business doing all their own stuff including taiwan in this mm-hmm. particular situation and um i just thought all oh, right it is really the western side saying that mm-hmm. hey like you're doing something wrong you're doing something wrong you shouldn't do this and that's why we're attacking you and I thought that was an interesting insight. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I wasn't really particularly proud of China at all, and so for me to have that insight, is, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just seeing both sides rather totally. than just seeing one side. Agreed. Mm.
1: One, one of the, world. the, the uh, opinions, I guess, not arguments that I heard about this, and I don't know if it, I don't know if it's right or wrong. This is, but it, it made me think, and I was like, huh, I wonder if that that because I have no context, I don't have the context of being over there. Is that the structure? Although it can make things efficient in that way, does it limit creativity and the ability for new invention mm-hmm. and innovation? Does, and it, think limit, it, does it limit does. It seems that? like it does. You know, and 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 then th- then it, there's the trade-off, right? Is like you know the, mm-hmm. There's I don't know. You know my yeah, opinion. I've said it before. I think there's good and bad to everything. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I really think there's no there's no kind of absolute like yes this is number one. This is the absolute best thing. There's no way to make mm-hmm. it better, right? But, well,
0: yeah, if I think of our political leaders in the West right now, you could probably criticize democracy pretty strongly if you just look at what's going on in the world right now. Oh, well, sure. We'll I mean, yeah. give, it another, give it another 10 or 20 years. Maybe it corrects itself a little bit here, but I feel like we're out to lunch. Um, Cherry, you have a lot going on. Um, I, 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 I want to wrap up with you a couple of bookkeeping questions, but what you, I know you're, uh, there's an event coming up and stuff that you're doing. What's the latest on your agenda?
2: Um, recently, I started listening to a book called Five Hour School Week. Okay. So it's uh, your kids
1: are gonna like that one. <laughs> yeah. Her <laughs> no, son tries
0: it, to do double leg takedowns on her, just by the way. Yeah. So you know.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, so that Five Hour School Week uh, was written by this mom um, who was, I guess, a real estate agent before she became a mom, and then the husband is a big fan of Team Ferris' Four Hour Work Week book. And he actually went around to talk about the four-hour work week all the time. And um, essentially, it talks about how to do parenting. And you could do the schoolwork and teach school, the, the school curriculum in pretty much an hour at home by yourself, as long as the kids are focused. I'm not going to do homeschool. I don't have the time to do homeschool. But it gave me some idea in terms of like, really introducing my kids to what I do or financial literacy. So oh, wow, that was cool. something that's interesting. And earlier this summer, we hired, um, we have uh, actually a financial planner who started her own business, came in to teach our kids uh, all day in terms of um, financial literacy. And um, they would have to work. It's like it's like a cool game. You would have to work to earn for that month's salary. And the way that they ma- she made the kids work, but it's by exercising. So they would do some jumping jack and they would do some... Really? Yeah. <laughs> of at,
1: course you yeah. and Irwin find this thing. This so, sounds crazy. Weren't you me. guys <laughs> having <the> kids <laughs> sell vegetables or something at one point? Like this is a while ago or, or no, eggs no. or something? No, that was... No, else. no, no okay. that oh, was okay. But okay. yes,
2: but then that was one day, right? So they learn to um, make money, earn money, and they know how to pay tax. And then, and then the teacher kind of just... Uh, trick them into um, buying what, whatever they want the first month. And um, essentially treat the month as a round, first round. You, you get all these free money, buy whatever you want. And then they go to the counter with their fake money. Okay, I'm buying all these things. And one kid uh, in that class bought, um, I think, four pets, four dogs or something. And then uh, she's really happy because she probably just wanted the pet for the longest time. And so she didn't realize that the pet cost $25 every month to maintain. So she bought four of them. So by like the third or fourth month, the kid was like, well, can I give back all these pets? <laughs> Cause now I'm losing the yeah, game. Yeah. Cause the game is to use your residual money to buy the investment, whatever investment it was. It's just an investment. Um, and by the sixth month, sixth round, um, they, uh, she's asking if uh, when the when the pets are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god! Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was tired of carrying around this burden. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah, yeah, Or it it's gonna funny. make her yeah. an animal yeah. killer yeah. that game. Yeah. I, I mean don't know. that's I don't one know. way <laughs> to learn about money, though. Yeah, so
2: uh, yeah. So it was it was it was funny, and then that got um, my son Bruce into um, doing burpees for money. So then, offer um, then our, our gym owner, uh, my personal trainer. Um, offer him 10 cents a burpee because dan could not stand a kid coming to the gym just watching his mom working out and he's reading a book so he's <laughs> like well like you gotta do some work and so to bribe <laughs> bruce to do some work
1: i mean reading a
0: book's pretty impressive actually but yeah go
1: on well, charity what? goes early to have the yeah. kids there um and sometimes it's both kids because i've seen them there i'm just like, holy moly man your kids are well-behaving they're getting up early to just come hang out with you at the gym yes
0: yes and they were doing the burpees
2: uh, no, just Bruce. Bruce okay. is purely motivated by money, nothing else. Like if you give him ten cents per burpee, he's going to just do the burpees. Um, my mother-in-law, who's driving around, and she's older. She's she came from Hong Kong. She's visiting from Hong Kong, right? But she's driving my kids around my gigantic Odyssey van. And for someone who doesn't drive all the time, like, obviously she's like really nervous. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like all alert. And my son. Who Did you just
1: call your mother, uh, mother-in-law a terrible driver? No, no. <laughs>
2: just very like, just very anxious behind the wheel. And my son could not stop talking in the back. And my mother-in-law offered her, uh, offer him a dollar per minute. No. For off silence. No,
0: a dollar per minute. Off silence, this and he amazing. could
2: only earn two dollars though.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> so okay. He did for two dollar cap. Yes. yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Wow,
0: good for him. He's no, he up. only
2: kept silence for two minutes.
0: And he That's made his two bucks. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, back to
1: the homeschooling part. It's funny that you say that because my uh, youngest daughter, when the kids weren't in school, mm. she loved it because she's like, "This is amazing. I can get all." So, so when there was. I forget which one. I think the first one we had, we, we had the kids doing some of the remote schooling and then the other ones we said, no, just get off the computer. Yeah. And then the second time we we're just like, no, you're not doing remote schooling. Like this is ridiculous. This is like, Our opinion was that it just wasn't good for the kids. So um, so my wife who had the time, I know I realize not everyone's in that situation. So she had the time. She would go through the schoolwork with the kids and um ava was like this is the best like i'm done my schoolwork in a couple hours i get the rest of the day to whatever i want she didn't want to go back to school because of that yeah she was all for homeschooling yeah, and, and diana was like mm-hmm. just breaking so she was like no this isn't good <laughs> but um yeah it's just it's just interesting the way the way to that the kids sometimes it's like the, a lot of a lot of the kids can move at a much faster pace than, than we keep them moving oh, really? at you know it's it's sometimes it's in some ways it's all. kind of sad to see right yeah, yeah
0: yeah what so uh cherry what
1: oh go ahead
2: yeah, with that um we're going to offer that junior wealth hacker uh workshop i guess boot camp whatever you want to call on a separate day from our wealth hacker conference so we're hosting the wealth hacker conference going back we're going to
0: so what's the date of the wealth hacker conference and november what's going on 12th so november 12th wealth wealth hacker conference mm-hmm. and what are you who's there what's going on on that day
2: so we're bringing hopefully 1500 uh hardworking Canadians who are trying to learn how to build their wealth together. And now we're bringing them to Toronto Congress Center and we are bringing a lineup of experts in different areas. One of them, uh, his name's Jesse Itzler. He's a very, I guess this says full entrepreneurs. This is the all.
0: guy who hired David Goggins to like follow yes. him around for a day. Yes. Is that that guy? He yeah. followed him around 30 for thirty day. days. Thirty days. Yes. And then 30. he told David Goggins. For those of you listening who don't know David Goggins, he's basically an animal. This guy was like overweight and then just turned into the most fit person you're ever going to see. He has run ultra marathons, done the most yes. crazy things, yes. and he just does stuff on Instagram that's like all about you know, half, naked, you, if, all yeah, half <laughs> naked all the time. Yeah, half naked all the time, saying why don't you work out? You're basically uh, you know a zero if you don't work out as much as I do, or you don't have the, He basically is trying to teach mental discipline, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. this says,
1: stay hard and, and swears at you.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And so this guy that you're bringing out hired David Goggins to follow him around. And I think in one of the stories I remember, he was in the middle of a boardroom meeting and David Goggins said, like, I don't know, do 25 burpees. And the guy was like, right now? And he's like, yeah, right now. Before, so, before. Yeah.
2: Before yeah, the meeting.
0: Before the meeting and sat down there, did his 25 burpees before the meeting. Um, so this is that guy you're bringing out. Yeah. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. And he's also... um I mean, he's also found. Um, I guess you call them private card company, jet card company. It's like private jet timeshare um, company, and he found that company and sold it to Warren Buffett.
0: Oh, cool! Yep. So he's coming out to speak. You guys are going to share some stuff there? Yes. Got it. Okay. And so that's on the, do you have all the details for this listed somewhere, I guess? Is there a website for someone?
2: Yes. And you can find all the information at wealthhacker.ca.
0: Wealthhacker.ca. And what's the thing you're doing with the kids? That's a different day?
2: So we're, right now we're running a promotion. And for anyone who buy two tickets um, to the wealth, the family combo, we call them the family combo. um, Then you get to uh, send your kids to this junior wealth hacker workshop at our office at a later day.
0: Oh, got it. And that's where you're going to do some of the things that you did with your children. Yes. Oh, uh, in this game playing and financial planning.
1: Yes. And make them hate hate pets and want them to die? Yeah. Is that? no, That's the end goal? No, no, that's, that's okay. not the end goal. That's not the end goal. Just want to be clear just in case anyone's wondering. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. No.
0: Yeah, sure. You are. You're really like to watch you for this, you know, I guess this stretch of eight years now since you started your business. It has been incredible to see you grow your business. This isn't the first wealth hacker conference that you're doing. Now you're doing multiple wealth hacker conferences. You're doing this add on day for the families and the children like you take on a lot of shit um it's pretty amazing and nick and i have seen a lot of people and a lot of people do a lot of stuff but a lot of people don't do very much at all and uh to see you tackling all this stuff it's pretty impressive so you know good on you i mean you don't need us to tell you good on you it's just it's, it's been pretty <laughs> cool to watch like it's a lot of pressure you put on yourself a lot of responsibility you're putting on yourself to host these kinds of events to have the payroll that you now have with the amount of people that are working with you these are big responsibilities you know so uh, Way to go on on that kind of stuff. Before I let you escape, though, I wanted the latest, um, just the latest book, your favorite bookkeeping software for real estate investors. Is there one? Is it still just like use Excel spreadsheets, which is my favorite, or use QuickBooks? Um,
2: I don't think anyone, like there's a particular one that I like one over another. Um, I currently use QuickBooks online just because I, my, all my other businesses are on QuickBooks Online. Um, the key is that you would have to understand it. Like mm-hmm. if it is a piece of paper, just adding things up and you understand it, that's more important than having a fancy system, especially if you only own a couple of properties, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I think Excel spreadsheets can go really far yes. if you know what you're doing. It, things aren't that complicated. So... Yeah. Uh, uh, if, if you're listening to the, I'm I'm just bringing that up because you also do something else. You teach a class here at Rockstar about bookkeeping strategies. Yeah. And it's probably the number one thing we get from investors who don't file their taxes for two years, three years, <laughs> and then kind of wonder like how they're going to report all this stuff. But a pretty simple spreadsheet of capturing things um, is really all you need. And QuickBooks was like rocket science for me. And we when yeah. we first started, and right now it's still rocket science. I don't even touch it. We use QuickBooks online, mm-hmm. and we use a different accounting software um, for uh, for some other stuff. But uh, but thanks also for teaching that class here at Rockstar. You're welcome. So anyone who wants to reach out to you, what's the best way? I know there's the wealthhacker.ca, it was .ca, Mm. URL for the Wealth Hacker Conference. Mm -hmm. Remind me the date again?
2: November 12th.
0: November 12th. And then if they want to reach out to you for accounting help, for your practice, what's the best way to reach you for that?
2: My website uh, at realestatetaxtips.ca.
0: realestatetaxtips.ca, yeah, very cool. Nick, you came in late there, so I don't know. Is there anything? No, else? I came
1: in. I wanted to be here earlier. There's something, something that came up um, that had to just had to had to do. It involved fitness equipment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't let it go. Yeah. Couldn't let and, the opportunity and, slip by.
0: And Nick has his brand new truck outside cherry All so right. wait till you see cool. the brand new truck yeah i'm gonna ask him what is i'd bad. have to
1: use the truck i mean it's yeah you we know, had to use lined the truck. up yeah yeah it just, it just had the, to have. yeah it
0: barely fits in the parking spots out here <laughs> you know so there has this massive truck outside that barely fits in the uh, parking spot but uh cherry thank you so much for sharing i really really appreciate it thank you thanks
2: thank so you. much for having me
0: Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Cherry Chan. You can reach out to her at realestatetaxtips.ca. That's realestatetaxtips.ca. And I know she's running an event called the Wealth Hacker Conference coming up in November. You can get to that details. Sorry, I'm stuttering over myself here. You can get to the details of that event at wealthhacker.ca. And if you're listening to this and you want to get some real estate investing information you're trying to figure out if real estate is the right thing for you to get into, you can get free digital copies of our books at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.